0: Hi guys, today uh, we have a little bit of an unusual episode for you. So we were um, invited by a new company, uh, Postcard Games, to do a little bit of story about it. And uh, we talked with a couple of our uh, old friends, uh, discussed what the company is working on, uh, talked a little bit about hiring and the differences between larger and smaller organizations, and uh, talked a little bit about the magic of Irvine and why are there so many video game development companies in that area. Greetings, and welcome to the 80-Level Roundtable podcast. In each episode, host Kuril Tokarev invites video game industry leaders to talk about the world of game development. No topic is off-limits as long as it relates to video game development. New episodes are in the works, so remember to follow us or subscribe and share with someone you know will also enjoy the podcast. So, Before we jump in, can you yes. do like a little intro about yourself? Yeah, Tell us about what you do, where we are right now, and kind of give like a little introduction.
1: Yeah. Uh, my name is Ray Almaden. I am the game director, founder, and CEO of Postcard Game Studio. we a brand new AAA studio here in Irvine, California. Uh, we're in our brand new office, uh, which we call the post office.
0: Post-up yeah, post studio.
1: It's <laughs> a post office. Um, and yeah, we're, uh, we're here, uh, having just started, uh, at the beginning of February. Uh, and we have a, a great team kind of assembled coming together, uh, to make what we think is going to be the next great open world first person franchise.
0: Tell me about your career because you have this amazing journey we worked up right at. Then you worked at Naughty Dog, like a couple of very big titles. Then you worked at Blizzard, and now you're working here. So how did you kind of navigate this amazing... Yeah, it's a... It's like spanning continents and, you know, states and...
2: Yeah, I was like really fortunate to have this kind of opportunity to work for Mm -hmm. all these studios Mm -hmm. and uh, really grateful for all the opportunities that came along. But yeah, I started my career like, uh, I don't know, 2007 ish, mm-hmm. uh, like in Germany in Frankfurt uh, with a company called Back13. They are mostly known now for um, the search uh, games, like uh, Dark Souls kind of kind of games. Um, so we worked on like this action RPG, and uh, it was like really my my. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. was the name yeah. of, the, of the project back then, and um, I do remember like this was like the moment where we really got, a, got the, kickstart into, the uh, into into the environment art career, mm-hmm. like. Uh, First time, really working with uh, really experienced artists and, and learning a lot in there. And um, from there, I basically then moved to to Crytek. They also were uh, located in Frankfurt. So it was a it was kind of the
0: next kind of logical. Okay. How logical was this step. jump from Frankfurt to Santa Monica? How did you?
2: Yeah, so basically there was like there was like another uh, kind of step in between. There was um, Rocksteady in London. Oh, so right. I basically went from Frankfurt uh, from uh, Crytek to Rocksteady worked for a couple of years on Batman Arkham Knight.
0: So it was like, basically like like
3: all of your games are amazing (laughs) (laughs) games. Thanks, yeah.
0: How did you get into like environment? How did you decide like, oh, that's what I want to do for a living. I really liked it. And uh, how did you even get into this discipline?
3: So uh, before the game industry, I actually worked in like garment printing. I made like shirts and and things like that and uh, I worked at like a shop for about seven years and I did not like that very much. You know, you do the things, uh, You sometimes you do things to to learn what you don't want to do and while I was doing that, I was like, okay, I I love art. I was working at a brewery at the time as well inside doing merchandise and labels and I was teaching myself art through that and I was like, okay, so I want to do art and I want to be able to, like, I like making things to give to people. It's like, okay, well, like, where where can I find that outlet? And, I mean, I had a passion for games. I love playing them. That's where I, when I would come home after my shifts, I would come and sit down, and that's where I would find my escape. And, my, like, and what I found more and more was that as I explored these different worlds and these different stories uh, that, you know, others had created, um, that I found it to be like, yeah, I think I could, you know, I want to know more about it, so... Mm-hmm. Did some research, I saved up for like five years, and then I ended up going to uh, school. At, uh, what school did you go to? It was called uh, FIA, uh, UCF, the University of Central Florida. Okay. Uh, so I was doing a master's program there, and then from there I you know, didn't really know how to use a computer, and one of my uh, best friends who's over at Ubisoft right now, he actually taught me like, kind of like how to use a computer. I was like mm. super frustrated, like how does mm. a folder structure work? And, uh, yeah, so, like, it was, was like, doing that kind of intense boot camp style and, like, Uh open learning area that, you know, like, learning how to create things on a computer as far as, like, the, Mm -hmm. you know, making things for games. It was, like, as I explored that more, I realized that what I liked doing was creating spaces that people could exist in and, like, explore. Uh, And it was those kind of things that I found that people found was meditative in the sense of that, like you mm. get lost in it. And so then I was like, no, I like this. So then I focused on environment art uh-huh. and the more scenes I built and the more games that I worked on, I was like, yeah, this is where I find myself being most drawn into. So
0: my, my first question is like, what is so special about Irvine? Cause <laughs> I, we've been working for a while and whenever I see like a new studio coming up, it's, in, in Southern California, it's usually in Irvine or somewhere around that yeah. area. What is so special about this? Is this because of like the Blizzard Entertainment being here, or may, maybe there are some other reasons? What makes it such a good spot to start like a new company?
1: I'd say it's exactly that. It's uh, Blizzard being here has mm-hmm. uh, such a big draw, like such yeah. an immense talent, and that really led other companies to come here, uh, like Obsidian, uh, Ready at Dawn, uh, just uh yeah, amazon yeah, yeah. game studios um but for me it's personally it's, it's it's coming back home i grew up in orange county mm-hmm. uh and the draw of irvine is hey i went to university of california irvine uh and it's the usual things about california and orange county just the weather is great yeah the beaches it, except for here. today today yeah, day to the yeah the one day uh <laughs> yeah um, so we decided to come uh, so. and then funny enough it's it's disneyland yeah. Actually, uh, I grew up 20 minutes down the street from Disneyland. Just grew up going to Disneyland over summers and throughout the year. Uh, and Disneyland is just a really great influence on me as a creative and a designer. Um, and I think for, for a lot of people from game development who end up making a trip out there, it, it really feels like, hey, they do what we do yeah, like, yeah. in such a unique, kind of amazing way. Like when you take like, environment artists to Disneyland, it's like, hey, they're building what you yeah, yeah, yeah. do yeah. in real life. Like when you see yeah. like the, the Cars Land mountain range or mm-hmm. the Galaxy's Edge Star Wars Land mountain range, it's like, wow, they're building yeah, yeah. Uh, just you know natural, uh, what looks like game art geo in real life. Um, and then just the way Disneyland has really evolved over the years with attention to detail, which is very similar to what you see with like next-gen and current-gen games. Yeah. Um, like everything is getting built out in real life like you walk around like a hangar in star wars land and you just see all the little props that have been built out just to Mm -hmm. make it feel Mm -hmm. authentic and it's like hey that's exactly what What, we do with environment art with props and all the assets and again just to walk around and uh, experience it in real life like that is yeah that's just incredible
0: Uh, i think Um, the funniest story i heard about uh like environment artists is actually from Blizzard when they were building Overwatch. They had all those. It, it, it had like the certain kind of like, um, you know, it it wasn't real, actually. It was kind of inspired by like what the world could be. And uh, yeah. they did a bunch, uh, they took a bunch of environment artists who were like from Belgium and all the other places to kind of take it to like the studio back lot to show how to build a Hollywood oh, map yeah. when they were inspired. And then they kind of took them there and they had them to drive them back through like the real hollywood boulevard and then they came back and they thought oh no no we did we did it all wrong we had this sparkling vision of hollywood and hollywood boulevard is completely <laughs> oh, yeah, different in real life. you know yeah and they were like and then jeff kaplan was like no no don't change no, everything. we want, we want but, that yeah, you know bright positive yeah yeah bright yeah. positive stuff and
1: i i think that's the trick with design is they really yeah. try to get for that positive bright kind of uh feel but uh again it's attention to detail like uh like any uh, environment.
0: Art. Do you feel like having Blizzard here in Irvine, does it influence all the other companies around in terms of what they're building, <laughs> what they're choosing to build, like style and all those things?
1: Uh, I, I think it, I mean, for the, the ex Blizzard startup studios. Yeah. I mean, what's funny is you probably saw them when you walked in the building. Yeah, Just yeah. right there yeah, in Frosty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're a really big uh, expositor startup doing RTS stuff. And right next door to us, the door down is, I don't know if you saw Notorious uh-huh. uh, Game Series. They're explosive as well. So yeah, there's a, a big development company. And as we kind of shift from mm-hmm. people working for kind yeah. of the big publishers and then going independent for everything that does, I mean, that's what we're doing. Like that's always going to be the influence. Mm-hmm. It's like explosive with their explosive, uh, you have Dreamhaven, Timmy and Mike Morheim and what they're doing. Um, but yeah, we yeah, all... Also... I mean, it's
0: like incredible. And Blizzard, Yes. There's, there's a lot of studios spawning out of them, like all over.
1: Yeah, just so many kind of names like um, Second Munch, um, yeah, yeah. Bonfire, yeah. Um, Light Forge, Tencent uh, with... Uh, I forgot the name, Tencent mm-hmm. has a studio here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's so much Blizzard influence and I think that's kind of what we think is unique about us is that we're not Uh explored. We are uh, ex-Halo, ex-Naughty Dog, Mm -hmm. ex-Skirlin Horizon developers, Um, but really trying to kind of mix in with that that talent here as we hire people. Because, hey, guess what? uh, Half my team was already here in Irvine Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. when we started, again, because it's such a big uh, development uh, hub.
3: We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At The Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath.
0: We have a survival game, of a hardcore simulation which could be
2: house flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that will has to be an action
3: adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the
0: course of the of the narrative construction off the Uh. way the way we can do this
2: is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now and as i was working there um i got the opportunity to um to talk to naughty dog and um back then like unshot it was like my all-time favorite franchise Uh uh so it was um, absolutely amazing when um, the interview went somewhere and they flew me in and I actually went for like a long weekend Mm -hmm. from London to uh, Santa Monica and kind of had a conversation with the um, with all the art lead and art directors. Mm -hmm. So that was great and um, it took another year for the visa to be sorted out but then I kind of started working on uh, on Uncharted 4. And um there was like an um, awesome time, yeah.
0: It was it was yeah. great. And so thanks, yeah. You you worked at I mean, Uncharted. You had that amazing career there. So why move to Blizzard? Like what kinda pushed you to to yeah, take this I next think,
2: step? I think I think for me it was like um, so I'm a huge, huge Uncharted fan. So I, I love the visuals and um I'm, mm. I'm very driven with um, building like this kind of Ruins, temples, like historic kind of kind of elements, and as we move to the of Us Part Two, which is a fantastic game, and was, and I'm very proud of being part of this production. Um, I think it was um, still awesome for an artist to work on, I like the beauty in decay kind of
0: yeah. kind of setup. It, it, but it's also like a gloriously beautiful game. Just yeah, just exactly. So, really so it's
2: like. Awesome to work on a game yeah. like this on this scale. But I was kind of starting missing a little bit these kind of fantasy and uh-huh. elements. And after five years at Naughty Dog, I also kind of felt a little bit um, the. Yeah, the, I felt a little bit I would want to kind of yeah. explore new, yeah, new things. Yeah. And um, I had at the time a few friends that worked at the Diablo team. And mm. uh, they're reaching out, letting me know that there is an opening. And uh, it was like a perfect timing because you're just finishing off *The Last of Us* Part Two, mm-hmm. and um, I was kind of open a little bit for a new position. And uh, that was like great because uh, uh, the Diablo franchise is one of the kind of franchises that yeah, it's like forever, um, like
0: um, like Mario.
2: Yeah, yeah that it, it's basically like uh, I played Diablo One when I was a kid. Yeah, so me too. It's, yes. Yeah, so exactly. it's it's it's, an, it's like this kind of no-brainer when yeah. you get the chance to work off one of your childhood um, favorite games. Um, so I took this, uh, this opportunity, it was a great, great step. Um, it was, uh, great to meet new people, mm-hmm. uh, because it was like for a long time at Naughty so it was a good, mm-hmm. good kind of mix up in things. Yeah, also yeah. a new pipeline, um, um, new tech, uh, it's just, it just gives you a new perspective on, on things, uh, when you kind of change your, your position a little.
0: So one of the, like, I think interesting points in your career is that you've, actually worked at uh, in Amsterdam for guerrilla Games. So um I think this is one of those, you know, elite kind of studios that everybody wants to work for and the the kind of game that they're making a kind of like super high quality bar in terms of environment and overall. So my question is like what was it like working in that environment? Did you feel like a little bit of awe that you were there when you know Jan van was walking around and uh, was he scary like how did it feel like overall
3: yeah uh so most definitely oh that's a great word to use like definitely days of imposter syndrome of like wow yeah, yeah, did I get yeah. here um but no like I when I every time I talked to JV he was like super nice you know and like everyone on the team ended up being like incredibly close friends and they're like very supportive and very uplifting in the sense of like they you know one thing that I talked to some people at GDC, some new students and people trying to get into the industry, it's like, people don't hire you to fire you, right? Like, they want you to yeah, yeah. be at the company. They want to help you grow. And Gorilla is one of the, like, places that I have never felt so welcomed and, like, loved by my fellow uh-huh. coworkers and everything at any job that I've ever had. So it was definitely an incredibly difficult choice to leave. Like, they made it hard to leave, and even, uh-huh. even though now we're doing our own thing and, I'm really loving this process and what we're doing here. And I'm, you know, excited for our future, but like, I will always, like, I I will always be grateful to gorilla. Did you
0: like kind of live in in that area? Like, did you like Amsterdam and Europe in general?
3: Yeah, yeah, So we, well, I mean, I was there like during the pandemic, so everything was kind of closed, but uh, all my time in Amsterdam, like, yeah, we lived in uh, Westerpark, which is on the west side of uh, Mm. Amsterdam. And yeah, exploring, having the opportunity to even get a different world perspective yeah. as you're there, right? Like, so, like Europe, like what I liked about moving to Europe and talking and meeting all these Europeans, right? It was like, you realize that they are people, they're humans. Like, I feel like, at least in America, sometimes there's a glorification of like, oh, they're, you know, Europeans are, you know, completely separate. Like, you know what I mean, Like yeah. right? Like, yeah. I'm sure there's, it's on the other yeah. side yeah. too. Yeah. But you're just like, oh, no, there's people. And it's just like going into work and meeting new friends and... Yeah, I, th- I found everyone to be incredibly kind. And...
2: The awesome thing working for Crytek at the time was that there was a lot of people that went and did the jump abroad. Like uh, there was a lot of my coworkers that went to Blizzard or It Software, uh-huh, yeah. and they actually did the jump abroad, and it was kind of interesting. And um, as a young guy back then, I was like kind of inspired by that. So, and uh, when as a white yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, I was like not bound to any um, any. Anything. So there was not in a relationship at this time back then, so it was like an easy kind of move uh, mm-hmm. to do. And I thought, like, hey, I'm young right now. It's I should I should just do it um, as I have the chance.
0: So uh, I have a couple of questions about uh, your career because yeah. if you look a lot, and a lot of people who worked, who work with you right now, and you you've kind of gradually moved from like level designer yes. to being like a CEO of a game company, and. Uh, I think a while back I had an interview with um, with the CEO of Problem Monsters.
1: Yeah, Earl Boyle. And
0: yeah, we, we talked with him, and uh, I asked basically the same question: How did you make this journey? Because he also oh, was yeah. like an engineer, and then he ended G-U-A, up G-U-A, being G-U-A, yeah, yeah. Then he yeah. ended up. Uh, uh, you, you probably know him, right? Because uh,
1: we never met, but same kind of same circles. Same company, having right? worked, uh, In yeah. Seattle, and-
0: but the, he what he answered is that uh, kind of like he was also. Always supporting the teams, yeah. so he was like this this team guy yeah. you whenever like there's little team they wanted something, you know budget or anything like he was kind of like the leader to go, and do you have like the same answer like what's what kind of helped you move along the way and pushed you ahead?
1: yeah, I mean uh yeah, you're exactly right. I got my start as a level designer. Um, and Ubisoft and did level design my whole career. Uh, and what I loved most about that, like, that's really what I'm passionate about, uh, and driven of, or driven, uh, to make as a designer, uh, was being in that position. You end up talking to everyone on the team. Uh-huh. Uh, like being a level designer, you're creating. Uh, the experience for players moment to moment so that requires you to talk to work directly with the environment artists work with mm-hmm. the lighting artists work with programmers and animators and just everyone on the team because you're making the experience for players that players are playing um, and that really kind of enabled me to, to be like that go-to jack of all trades uh, started just making level design uh, worked for several different studios uh, shipping games and mm-hmm. uh, what was a really quick amount of time back then, like shipping games on original Xbox and PS2 and the Far Cry mm-hmm. and Splinter Cell mm-hmm. franchises. And then really what it was, it was when uh, I got to Guerrilla for the first time around Killzone 2 era, uh, I was picking up Maya mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then learning uh, the language and the design kind of rules. And, mm-hmm. and really everywhere I've gone, I've picked up like design techniques on that franchise or that studio I worked with. And so it's always been just being there, learning what really drove kind of that franchise and made it great and then applying that forward on the next studio and the next studio and the next studio and I don't think really what it was and it's great to mention Harold because he comes from QA, a big part of my experience in the last like decade of making games has been about usability, user research, uh-huh. uh, user experience um, and having been at 343 Industries on Halo 4 like mm-hmm. from the beginning, uh, that was learning how Microsoft did user research and mm-hmm. how you play test games mm-hmm. and really how that is a huge uh, like, driving factor to quality for the entire team. Um, and then going on to Naughty Dog and seeing how they do that and how Sony kind of does that all the way to most recently on at Guerilla and Horizon Forbidden West and having kind of be that is AAA games ensure the quality with their big budget and their big scope through user testing, mm-hmm. usability. Sony calls it appeals. Where you get people from off the street, they play the game, and you're really seeing, Mm -hmm. checking the game, checking the quality, Mm -hmm. seeing what's worked and what doesn't. And so being able to kind of represent the team and present those scores and that data to them means you're really working with everybody. Uh, And that's a big component of level and mission design. Mm -hmm. Again, I mentioned like driving the moment to moment gameplay. And then as soon as you start doing accessibility, you really start to realize what's driving, like, the player experience.
0: Do, do you feel like it's important for, like, managers to kind to kind of rise from above in games? Do, do you think it's important to understand, like, what does the level designer do? What does environment artist do? What does the sound guy do? How do they kind of work together?
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's like, hey, being in the trenches, but also really understanding that there's a process mm-hmm. that, uh you know, making games is incredibly hard as everyone knows but you know teams are so big and everyone's working on stuff individually and and so many studios do things differently i mean we all have the common goal to make the best game possible uh but everyone kind of goes about it kind of different ways and you hear like oh hey this is really how ubisoft drives production with multiple teams and just thousands of people Mm -hmm. on it versus like making a comparable open world game here's how gorilla is going to do that same thing with 400 people on site in amsterdam but yeah, with also like big kind of outsourcing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah like having that experience of you know shipping a game mm-hmm. seeing other studios i think is really paramount and, and critical uh to the su- success of a manager
0: so your studio today it's not very big how many people do we have right now uh
1: we're about 15 now
0: so you, it's a pretty small studio, yeah. like for if you take Irvine and in, 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 into the equation. But I think it's the, the question that I'm asking. It's kind of universal for whatever the amount of people you have. As and the question is, what makes a, a team happy? Like we did a, a bunch of surveys, like on 80 level, and we ask kind of similar questions all the time. Like what what do developers want? Like what makes them tick? Like, what makes them happy? So, what's your answer to this?
1: Uh, I would say making the game you want to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's an old Naughty Dog saying. And it's really like uh, being proud of what you're working on and knowing mm-hmm. uh, you're creating something that someone's going to love. Because I know without a doubt, everyone in this industry artists, designers, programmers we're in here because we are creative yeah. and we want to make the games that people love. Uh, like when I grew up playing games, like I had that moment where, uh, for me, and this is a common interview question mm-hmm. I ask is like, what's the game that made you want to be a designer uh-huh. and work uh-huh. in the uh-huh. industry? And mine, it's awkward in Time because playing that game and having that moment—I'm sure it's the moment a lot of people had where you step yeah, yeah, out yeah, 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 yeah. and you walk into Hyrule Field and you see everything yeah, yeah. on the distance. You look around and it's like this is it. I'm on an adventure. I can go here. I can go there. Like that feeling I had—it just was captivating and i knew like hey i want to do this for a living and i want to create the mm-hmm. same experience mm-hmm. for other people and really that's how i want to like entertain
0: and, and do my job sure how do you choose what studio do you want to work for like how do you make this because cho- like no, when you're uh, let's let's take it, like when you're at the certain level you kind of can work anywhere like you, you can work at ubisoft you can work in gorilla you can work on like if you put your mind to it you can work at Blizzard or any other company so what how do you choose the, the place where you want to be?
3: I think part of it is like research like 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 anything you know you gravitate towards in any kind of artistic form you gravitate towards the things that you like doing and you have passion for stuff so like stylized things realistic mm-hmm. things whatever maybe you just like telling like you think the story's cool of the game or whatever. Uh, So you look at that, and then, you know, you apply, and let's say you go through the interview process. Like, during that process, you're not – it's not just you being interviewed. You're interviewing the other people, right? And you're saying, like, do I want to sit next – they're saying, do we want to sit next to you for eight hours? But you should also be thinking, like, do I want to sit next to you for eight hours? So I guess in my search, it's, like, sometimes, like, even back in my head, like, you know, with the greatest I'll tell you this, but it's, like, like a job is a job, right? And you can – You you have to acknowledge that you're going to have to search for one, but as you go on that journey, you'll find that like um, over time, your self worth will grow. Because like I agree, when you're starting, you kind of do have to be like whatever. "Yeah, Yeah, you can't beggars are not choosers, and it's down the line. It's like like do I like the project? Do I like the people? Do I you know do I want to move to this area? Like that's another thing. Like there's a lot of more logistical issues.
0: So do do you feel like uh, it's um, how the the choice is motivated by like teams culture does compensation has anything to do with it because it feels like let's
3: not pretend yeah yeah sorry you know yeah let's not pretend like money is not a factor in living right like yes you must make sure that you're being adequately compensated there's nothing wrong with taking a a a hit to your pay right mm-hmm. if you have a passion for the project yeah. you have passion for the, the team or whatever, maybe you really like the area. Like, maybe you really like the yeah, idea of living in Montana. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Well, like, whatever. Okay. And I give it. Totally cool. Um, but I think that part of that thought process is mm. also making sure that when you look at your portfolio, you at the work that you've done, you're like, no, this is what I, my years of training and skill and whatever have yeah, yeah. all gone into this moment. Like, I am worth this much money and I need mm. to be able to eat and live. Yeah.
0: What, what about this studio, uh, Postcard Games Studios, here right now? What are you doing here right now? How did you end up here? Like, yeah. I know that you worked uh, together with your CEO at uh, Naughty Dog during the Uncharted days. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so I worked with Ray at Naughty Dog, and he um, he basically was my the level designer on um, the level on Lost Legacy mm-hmm. that I worked on with him, and it was like um, it was a great experience. Like, um, we did this. This awesome level that was uh, shown to uh, Game Informer was basically like one of the key arts uh, yeah. or selling points for Lost Legacy. Um, okay. So it is a great level. Yeah, just Yeah, and you should. And the whole kind of collaboration with Ray was really uh, was really well went really well. It's so a good good level of communication. So um, and uh, he did reached out to me like um, a, like I would say like roughly a year ago and was asking if I'm interested in joining a new studio that he's about to, uh, to found um, as a lead environment artist. And um, that was a like, quite interesting of uh, different perspectives because first of all, um, I'm working as a production artist um, for like a couple of years uh, for like quite some time now, like 10, 12 years, something like that and um, to transition into a lead role, that's something that I was kind of thinking about I might be interested in. Um, but then it's always like a hard transition in an established team in an established yeah, company absolutely. to do these kind of moves uh, because um, obviously there's uh, a bunch need... of people already there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so to get this kind of opportunity, I think was um, was great. Plus another, probably even a more interesting or more appealing kind of, um, kind, of kind of reason was that um, being at the beginning at a new studio. Yeah. New franchise being there uh, at the, the beginning, yeah, design. the new franchise, the new IP, defining the look, being part of the defining um, kind of. Um, no team. rail
0: guards. You can basically do. Yeah, and
2: mm-hmm. what was interesting in my my career, or my twelve year career, if you will, is that uh, most of the franchises were like um, like sequels, like uh, yeah. Rocksteady. At Rocksteady, Batman: Arkham Knight was mm-hmm. the third game in in a series, and. At Naughty Dog, it was obviously Uncharted 4, and the last was Part 2, and Diablo yeah, 4, 4, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's, in fact, like quite, quite awesome to work on games that are so well-known and um, have so many people mm. that love playing these games. But um, I think the appeal for any artist, I, I would say, to create something truly new or being part of that, um, I think is very appealing. Mm-hmm. So and that's why I was very interested in, in, in joining in joining Postcard and also um, working again with Ray and I remember that collaboration was uh, fantastic mm-hmm. at the time um, and totally trusting his mm-hmm. uh, um, like Vision, ability to hire yeah. the right people mm-hmm. for okay. the job. Um, I think it's it's uh, was quite an awesome opportunity. I couldn't say no. to
0: So do, do you feel like there are other things that are important when? Kind of game developers are making decision to join the studio. Like, do they take a look? Because it's a, it's it's kind of like a bit of a philosophical question. Because we all know that they do look like at the compensation package, with like the hybrid models that are right now. You can you basically work. work from yeah. everywhere. So, is it's about compensation? It's about the game. Maybe there are some other factors that they weigh in.
1: Yeah, I think number one now and and. In- you, I uh, get this from everyone we've been talking about. Is really, it's it's team culture, uh-huh. it's fit, uh, and and we've been really just outspoken about how we want this to be a real positive, but most importantly, a fun studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big saying we have, and it's all over our website, is making games is a dream job, mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately, it doesn't feel like that at times. Just again, because making games is so hard, but also that comes down to studio. Of management and culture, and each individual contributor is like leads, and really how they value kind of them and their well-being, and I I think that's that's really what's most important, um, and we, we really value that, and people have been really receptive for that.
0: When you talk about culture, I think it's like one of the most important things because, you know, you want especially with video game developers and like uh, and artists, designers, they want to be recognized. They want to make sure that their thing kind of ended up there, but you don't always have this freedom, and sometimes you have to cut something out and uh, kind of give feedback that might not be, you know, super positive. In the in a way that it may be positive for the project, but not positive for the individual. How do you work with that in your company? How do, how do you figure out how to, you know, tell something that they're not offended, that everybody's kind of on the same, still on the same boat, but they understand yeah. that this has to go, and you know?
1: Yeah, I've learned. Very early on, and it, this was when I first became a lead and became a manager, is it's really about explaining to someone the why and how and mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. where this decision is coming from. But most importantly, like, hey, how can you grow and learn from it? I was saying that quality is iteration times time. And anytime you kind of have to cut something or you have to change it, you're iterating on it. What you uh, end up with looks nothing like what you started with, and that's a good thing, yeah, because uh, it's a whole process to it. Uh, and a lot of that is just uh, making sure people kind of understand that is uh, another saying where it's like, oh, it's all about the greater good, like yeah, making yeah. the best game possible. So, you know, if the tough decisions have to happen and content has to be cut and your work has to be thrown out, at least, hey, management and your your leadership team like they acknowledge it and they, mm-hmm. they're grateful for what it did but ultimately it's like hey we're making this call because mm-hmm. this is gonna make the game better but take everything you learned, take everything kind of you did uh-huh. in that time and we're gonna take that and grow from it or really just take that content mm-hmm. and iterate on top of it and that's how you make the best game possible
0: so um, a question about people as well so you're 15 people right now mm-hmm. whom are you looking for right now do you want to hire someone because a lot of our readers and listeners and viewers there you know they're probably in university somewhere or maybe they're in another company and they're looking for opportunities and maybe you can kind of elaborate on that and tell us like in general, like in the industry, who's kind of like the the unicorn right now? Except for maybe like the technical animators and the graphical yeah. engineers, those are like you never find them. But who is like the hot kind of specialty? Uh,
1: I mean, direct positions we're looking for are just straight environment artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, our highest uh, caliber opening we have is an art director. Uh, we have like an incredible concept team, environment team. But we're, we're really looking for someone to unify the vision, mm-hmm. uh, and it's most specifically like around all aspects of the game, like characters, UI, animation, mm-hmm. VFX,
0: because,
1: uh, and you'll talk to them, we have a great environment artist. Um, yeah, I know I them, I mean,
0: personally. In the yeah. past,
1: and, and yeah, just showing that up. But really what we're looking for is someone, if it's a student, um, and we've hired people straight out of school, because uh-huh. uh, we believe our, our superpower as a studio is going to be mentorship and growing talent. A lot of the leads here I actually hired out of school onto Halo 4 at mm-hmm. 3 for 3 Industries. And then we all went on to do amazing we things. Actually, and I actually played the hell
0: out of Halo 4 okay. with my friends. So I, I really <laughs> like this game. <laughs> I know you. some people are like, but I, I love it. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, we're, we're looking for people who like, yeah, want to take advantage of it. Because we know what this opportunity and what this situation is. Mm-hmm. It's uh, people highly experienced who really want to come together, make the get, best game possible. Mm. And really leverage all their experience in a real positive work environment that's all about team fit, team culture, most importantly having fun, making games as a dream job. But then understand like they're going to contribute like our new uh, junior producer and our junior uh, designer. Mm -hmm. They know it's like, hey, this is the task, this is the Mm -hmm. job. And that's an opportunity that's really not afforded to someone kind of really joining the industry the first time. And then also to the more experienced, like, seniors and leads and directors, it's like, hey, joining this as a studio fit and a culture uh, and really defining, like, what this game is going to look
0: like. When you're talking with people, when you're going over portfolios, um, what do you want to see there? Like, what are the most important things? Do you do you want uh, one finished piece? Do you want a bunch of unfinished pieces? Do you want, like, tech illustrations do you want like more like of the final renders that are you know photoshopped yeah. and all, all nice and tidy like what's how do you decide like what do you want to see there yeah i think so as an environment lead i'm
2: mostly interested in environment art of course and it's quite interesting because um, um, a lot of the kind of applications you might get are not like they try to be really widespread but i think it's actually better to focus so if you apply for an environment art role, it's good if you have if you show that you're interested in environments and not picking environments because maybe your characters are not strong enough just yet. Oh, okay. um, so I think that's that's an important part and um, to follow up on, on what you said, I would also say that finished pieces are quite important mm. and especially something for me, what I'm looking in usually is, uh, I'm not only looking in just nice props, um, of course, uh, You want to see good quality assets and and, and, and finished assets as well and put into game engines. Um, But what I'm particularly interested in is like if an artist is not only just creating props, but also take these props and create a nice interesting scene. Mm -hmm. Because at the end, every artist is a storyteller. And um, it's, it's very important to be able to contribute to the game's story because a lot of, yeah, the environment is can be considered as its own character for most Mm. of the times, especially coming from like minority background where um, as an environment artist, you are encouraged to create a lot of kind of story beats Mm. into all the environments you're building on. So it's um, really important actually that um, in your portfolio, for me at least, uh, to add uh, not only the props, but also arrange them, try to tell a little story. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just like a desk um, that uh, doesn't need to be fully fleshed out, huge environment, but it could be just in vignette, a desk, a corner, uh, but uh, I should be able to see, so you see the story that's, uh, or the idea behind it, like uh, so more than just, hey, I created this two yeah. or three assets because I thought it looked cool. Yeah. Just go a step <laughs> further and, 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 and it's use like these.
0: A, yeah, it was yeah. like a subway station or like a, all those things they do with like Clinton Crumpler and all the other guys. They're great. Like they look very high level, but they're kind of all... Similar, like very yeah, I mean, even
2: if it's a subway station, I mean, it could be yeah, totally can... fair enough to create one, but then uh, um, add this story to it um, yeah. Yeah. That, that makes it special and unique. The good news is
1: as a new team and a new studio uh, building a new game in the franchise, we know exactly what we want to mm. make. Um, I've been, this has been a, a career goal and dream uh, for about four years now, um, and it took a kind of... Shipping a Horizon game and yeah. then, uh, a lot of kind of meetings and, and pitches, but it's always been the same kind of unifying vision. Uh, and it's really just been asking the people I loved working with in the past. It's like, hey, here's the opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's building a new studio yeah. to build this gr- game. And I promise you, like, it's going to be the most fun you've had in development. And everyone who's joined us so far says, like, yeah, this is like a once in a career kind of opportunity. So we're looking for people mm-hmm. who. Who want to do that and jump on board. And we've, we've had our, our luck with that as well.
0: Um, I have a question. So you have, uh, as you mentioned, you have amazing guys. You have uh, people who work like, on a, a bunch of like very successful uh, games, especially in the like, environment, art department. And um, my question is, do you feel like um, these guys, they require more technical skills right now? Because I hear it from... You know recruiters everywhere basically that you know just uh, knowing the basics uh, knowing like anatomy and everything and zebras it's great but if you would also know some of the more like technical stuff if you know houdini or if you know how to program a little bit that can only increase your chances to get in because like my technical animators especially like i think I found one and they, he was snatched directly from, like, no one, like, uh, in, in LA, like, right out, out of the door. So do you feel like getting technical gets you more, you know, possibilities of Yeah, uh,
1: absolutely. My feedback is always, I mean, to try to make their break in the industry, is ultimately you have to prove you can do the job we need you to, so however you can kind of gain that experience uh, and kind of prove that, like, the better. Like being well-rounded in tech, like it's very obvious for for anyone design, art, programming to kind of pick that up and say, like, oh, actually, hey, you've done this and or this in this small amount, or you yeah, used yeah, yeah. this engine, and we that makes us really exciting, compelling because we know what the job is, like they don't, but and it's really just trying to fill kind of that that all those boxes and say, like, oh, if we can bring mm-hmm. you in, here's why we'd be excited to have you. Um, and it's, yeah, just always having all those skills is, is, is always a always. So
0: uh, another question that we get a lot from students as well as, uh, isn't it better to have a little bit of everything on your portfolio or do you just want to have, like, one nice finished project that shows that you can finish stuff or do you want to go you know like a deco there something there a gray box here or like you want to finish environment like what's the best that's,
1: yeah that's that's a great question and I can really speak to design is just having really quality examples of mm-hmm. everything like i mean with design you see a lot of students who are either like hey i took this one class yeah. and it presented me this portfolio piece and you just see that stamped out from everyone who worked at that school and it's kind of obvious what happened there so you know there's that and it's getting out and really building stuff that you wanted to that is going to prove how you can do the job and i always tell students it's like okay if you want to work on like a first person shooter or like a naughty dog game or a halo game build Mm -hmm. that content and really kind of show examples of it and then your question of like what's the size and scale of it uh it really depends on your discipline again it's about proving the job you want to do so for like design it's like if you want to be a systems designer hey i I built a gun from scratch in unreal If you want to be a level designer hey i built an encounter and you notice here i haven't said like oh build the entire game by yourself or build everything because for triple a studios and and Arsu included, like, you wouldn't be tasked with doing that. Big games like us and yeah. AAA, like, you know, it's team. So kind of demonstrating, again, you can do the job. That's all that really matters. And having bits and pieces are nice, but it's really like, hey, if we just are hiring someone to make our weapons, mm-hmm. if, hey, you have an example of, hey, I made a gun from scratch mm-hmm. in Unreal, or if we're looking for someone to build Encounters for us or missions for us. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mm-hmm. built a mission and it's like 20 minutes. You don't have to build like a two hour mission yeah, yeah. or like a, you know, but just something that demonstrates the game. And,
0: and it, it kind of, it, it also has to be finished, I guess. Like that's uh, an yeah. important step. Uh,
1: and uh, I'd say another tip is like a lot of students, they just say, like, Hey, look, here's either a cut video of snippets mm-hmm. of it yeah, yeah. or here's the download link. It's like, no, show your work. Like, show us kind of. You know, your process, your design process, your thought process. Mm-hmm, I mentioned mm-hmm. iteration, like show us how you iterated on whatever you made. And that's really that's like an amazing portfolio. Get to really dig in mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. see how you think and see mm-hmm. how you work mm-hmm. and really, you know, look at it and say like, Oh, okay, they they think and they process and they design and they iterate very similar to what we're looking for and that's that's a big one.
0: So We talk about like a lot about the artistic side and all the things but I hear time and time again and people (coughs) want to hear more of the like technical skill set. They want to know Houdini, they need to you know program a little bit, they need to do all those extra things. Are these things important and for you as a lead when you hire, do you look at the kind of optimization that they can do or like the coding
2: that they can do? Yeah, um, so I would say uh, not every artist in the team needs to be an expert in Houdini or an expert in substance designer. I think, in general, as a game artist, uh, you need to have a good understanding of the technology, like Unreal Engine or Unity Engine, um, the 3D software packages. You need to understanding of substance. Uh, That's totally the future of uh, texturing. So there needs to be an understanding of the entire pipeline. Um, But you may not need to be like the perfect uh, professional in all of these uh, Equally, like um, um, when I look at my team, for example, like I would, like um, how I would hire is, um, yeah, I would hire like an expert in Houdini, um, which probably leads a little bit more into tech art at this point. Mm. Um, then it would be like a texture expert uh, that is uh, really knowledgeable in Substance uh, Designer, for example. Um, but I don't need everybody being on like super specialized in a certain tool. I think there's definitely room to specialize, um, but there could be also a specialisation in um, sketches, uh, in the artistic forms of mm. environment art creation. Mm. Because that's also very valuable if someone is uh, has good skills in illustration, just, for just a good artist.
0: You mean exactly?
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, at the end, um, it's way harder to train an artist to be a good artist um, than train a good artist a certain tool. Yeah. Um, so I think. In terms of hiring um if the quality of the artwork is great but maybe the, the understanding of certain tools might not be quite there that is um it's not something a deal breaker it's it's not the most deal breaker but again um in games it, you have it's to a be very technical, technical yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly you have to yeah. have a general understanding of what you're doing so it's probably harder to hire like a concept artist for an environment art role than a 3d artist or prop artist into an environment role but, um, but still, I think there's, there's not the black and white kind of thing. And it, mm. it depends on role, what is needed for the team. And maybe I have a couple of very good um, artists that lean into the tech side. Right. And then uh, it would be good to hire someone additional that is uh, better on the pure artistic mm. sk- uh, like, like illustration, like classic, traditional mm. artistic skills um, to balance that out.
0: Can the industry change? Dramatically, and video game industry is kind of like one of those that every five years something drastic changes and then your workflow is completely different. The quality bar is higher and all those things. From your perspective, uh, what are like the main trends that are going to change the way that we build games from environment, art standpoint, and content production standpoint? Like maybe photogrammetry, maybe, you know, AI based neural Network, you know, material builders sure. like Adobe does, or maybe something else, maybe like the tools that help you <clears throat> build environments, like again, using neural networks or something. What are the next big kind of chunks that are going to, you know, make your job easier or, you know, improve the quality of games or make help you build them faster and stuff like that?
3: I think. Like Unreal is doing stuff where they're having more tools being put in engine that can do things like even like geometry deformation, right? Like yeah. where like things where you no longer have to get jump out of the program yeah. to then make modifications to go. Like I think that's a huge time saver. I sometimes like laugh and I feel like Houdini is going to replace this all. Like every time I yeah. see procedural stuff, yeah, 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 yeah it's just like time. the way that people can make things is just like well, wow, That's and crazy. it's
0: also incredibly hard to work with. So it's totally not not like too hard to work with, but it's just to learn it.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, there's a huge. Barrier, but it's it's just impressive at the things that people are making with that.
0: Have you tried like playing when I, was it?
3: I I've messed around a little bit, but I'm I gotta Not that's something yet. I have yeah, to dedicate. Just, I would have to yeah. sit down and very much so working dedicate, on it, yes. These. Very much so dedicate to it. I think yeah. that what? like I think that, that stuff will especially with the like uh stuff that you were saying, like Adobe's doing where it's like using these more procedurally or generated areas, there will always be a need. What's nice is there will always be a need for human hands to touch it to make it look a little bit better, like more melded into whatever environment you're working on whatever your game. Uh, so I don't feel like it'll ever become completely automated, but I think that it is interesting that a lot of things, um, it seems, will become quicker. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I, even now, it seems that there's a lot of, uh, I think that the industry is seeing that the demand for the quality of games as it continues going requires more hands, just naturally. So outsourcing is becoming a more normal thing. Yeah, Yeah. just like, I think that people (coughs) are gonna be expected less to be able to do everything. And I think hyper-specialization will truly be, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's already kind of happening, but like, it'll be more of a focus.
0: So did did you feel like your kind of employment opportunities and, you know, the horizons, have widened with, after COVID, do you feel like studios are hiring more? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, that's a
3: great, that's a great, yeah. I think you're totally right. Uh, As COVID has kind of happened. Like all
0: (laughs) of the studios, what I'm I'm trying to say though, all of the studios more or less are kind of more open to hybrid work, work from home. You know, you don't have to go to the office, all those things. Square Enix they said like 80% of people can stay at home and just work in Japan but from their home. Sure. Like and they want to hire everywhere. Ubisoft wants to hire everywhere. Like Epic Games they're yeah. hiring everywhere. Like Netherlands, like yeah, Sweden. Yeah, yeah. They don't really care, right? So although they're like in North Carolina. So do you feel like um it's it's a factor that kind of helps you out or you still feel like you want no you want to be kind of part of the team, you wanna to go to the office, you wanna be part of that.
3: Well yeah, I mean I think what's nice is that other than what I love about this industry is that it is kind of for everybody, like anybody if uh-huh. if you're like a shy person and, and you don't wanna go into the that's not your thing, like now the opportunity is there for you to work at home and you can talk to people mm-hmm. through, you know, Slack or whatever and you can see them on you can come in once in a while and be a presence and then you can leave and like it's totally cool. Yeah. And I think that's great. Like I I personally like coming to the office. I love, you know, being able to talk to people, look over someone's shoulder, get the instant feedback. And also, like,
0: getting out also.
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 But that that's that's cool. I um, I I don't think that like I there, you were saying, like people are not reaching out, being like, oh,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
3: we have more people working from remote. I don't think that's necessarily an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a problem. I think that there will always be a need for like a core team or a core amount of people in a set focused area just for like what i just talked about where it's like uh like we need this fix this to fix it, like really quick and just like to be able to have someone roll over and be there. like this needs to get done right now you know yeah,
0: yeah. so kind of like the question we, we talked about how do, do people get in into the industry so we also have a question especially with 2020 and 2021, there was this trend, uh, like the big resignation. A lot of people left studios. And I know personally, a lot of people left like the Bungie, a lot of people left Blizzard, kind of went to startups and so on. The, The question is, why do people leave? Like when you worked in the, for most, I guess, people in this industry especially if they're like not in the US like in, I talk with people from like Belgium a lot of people in Europe they really want to work at Blizzard for them it's like Disney yeah they they're like no 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 I've played like you know I've played Diablo or like World of Warcraft I still play it you know I have this huge rig I love this game I have like all the figurines the only company I want to work is Blizzard but then once they start working there in a, in a couple of years they leave and they do something else so my question is what kind of pushes developers out and then what can managers and companies do about it to kind of stop this
1: yeah i mean that's kind of my story as well like i've I've worked kind of everywhere i yeah. did my time there i leave and ultimately what it is is it's just looking i mean for me personally it was always like the next challenge uh, mm-hmm. like every every project i'm on every student i'm at it's like hey it's what time learn and kind yeah. of grow from here? Uh, I mean, that was for me personally. Um, but I think as I, I talk to other people and to to kind of think through your example, I think the answer is it's it just it doesn't feel right. Like it's mm-hmm. it's making games is a dream job, and it ultimately isn't feeling like that there. And you say like, hey, that was their dream job, yeah, at, at a time at the time, and then they get there and it doesn't really kind of pan out. And for me, it gets to. You can imagine what working at, like, your dream studios are, like, yeah. you know, working on a Halo yeah, yeah, game yeah. or a Naughty Dog game. Total. But when you get there, you really, it's twofold. It's like you don't really know exactly what you're working on. Like, you can imagine what it'd be like, but that thing that you think is really exciting and the thing you dreamt on working on, maybe you get to that studio and you don't end up working on that. You have to work on On something else, elements. yeah. yeah. Uh, the funny story I like to tell is, yeah, I, I talked about how I, Sold all my Dreamcast collection to get the original Xbox, and that was to get Halo, and playing that Halo game and, and driving the Warthog around, and being able to have like the the Silent Cartographer Island level, and it's like okay, I want to create that, yeah. And I'll tell you, everywhere I went, I've been trying to make an open, <laughs> yeah. a simple open exp- <clears throat> exploration vehicle driving space, and it's every game I've worked on. Killzone Two, I had an opportunity to to do that there. Uh, Halo 4 it's like hey this is going to happen there and yeah I've always been looking and I think that's a great example of of like working on your, mm. your dream studios and your dream franchises and wanting to do that content and I never had that full opportunity to make that fully exploration driving level yeah. until Uncharted and Lost Legacy
0: yeah, um, which has that really which is great a, a wonderful game actually yeah. Really,
1: thank you the, that really short open world driving section and I finally got to do it there and it just you know, that was the most fun I've had
0: like that, making any that's, other That's thing. That's the funny game, because, uh, like, uh, my wife, she's really not into games, and whenever I'm playing, she's completely indifferent. She's like, ah, you know? But when I played, like, that last Uncharted game, I put it, like, on a, on pause or something, and I went out, and then she kind of came back, and she said, wow, that's one beautiful... <laughs> Okay, because it's it's really like captivating it's really nice yeah, yeah. and you are
1: gonna talk to Martin uh, and Martin and I have this this just amazing work experience on it where yeah. uh, we made the the big giant twin Ganesh elephants okay. in the waterfall oh, yeah. uh, and the story also of this that beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the story of that was I I spent like I came back from, from break after Uncharted 4 and uh, I, I just spent two weeks in Maya just block meshing it out mm. And it was just like, hey, this is great. You're going to climb on mm-hmm. these statues and mm-hmm. do all this traversal. Like, this is great. Like, yeah, this will be the first thing we make. And they assigned it to Martin and in Autodox. So Martin and I got to meet each other and work with each other. And we spent eight months just building that out and taking my gameplay and taking kind of the art assets and making it really work together. Mm-hmm. And it was just this, yeah, just achievement of a process of like mm-hmm. eight months to get the gameplay in, but to get yeah. the visuals And it ends up being like, yeah, the the star of the show, like a real kind of centerpiece. And um, I mean, really, that was, you know, we were given the opportunity Mm -hmm. to create that. And and just our working relationship was just so positive so positive and, again, fun. Uh, And it really felt like, uh, hey, this is the dream that... And I, it, I, it came time to start the studio. I just yeah. immediately called him and said, "Hey, no, Martin. Martin, is great. I mean, I, 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 I had so much fun working with you. I think it would be great if you'd come in and be our, our, our lead environment artist. And of course, he cool jumped at the chance. Yeah.
0: So, kind of like the almost last question. So, do, yes. you, do you feel like building games in a way ruins games for you? Like that you can't <laughs> enjoy games anymore as oh, you wow. used to.
1: Um." Wow, uh, yeah, because I've thought about that. The funny thing <laughs> is they tell you don't work on a franchise you love. Yeah, you're end up hating it. I think it's more yeah. that game you make. It, it's tough, if you because it's making games so hard. If you can, at the end of it, you really enjoy it. Um, the good news is I think for every franchise I've worked on, I've always had that moment of, like, of working on it at the studio and then finally getting it home it's shipped it's out the door yeah. you're not working on do it do you anymore. have like
0: a copy at home or the copy yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. copy at home
1: and then you put it in and you're on your own yeah. setup on your couch on your tv you're at home and you're playing it and there's that whole disconnect of like it, it's <laughs> done it's over and now i get to enjoy it so that really helps um so yeah i i i haven't answered your question which is has making games hurt how i play games and Having worked at, at Naughty Dog and developed their – I mean, at, at the studio we called it the Naughty Dog Design Sense, but having developed that attention to detail, mm-hmm. like the way a Naughty Dog game is about crafting the story and, mm-hmm. and having every moment to moment be really contextualized by what the, the, the enemies are doing and what the player is doing, and then just having that, again, attention to detail on every aspect of the game from the environment art, to the sound, to the animation, like that has really changed the way mm-hmm. I play games. Like I have a real high bar to quality now because yeah. of that. Um, but no, I get everyone can't kind of yeah. make yeah. a game like that. Yeah, but totally. but yeah, I mean I, I think that's the, the funniest answer to it is like that really changed it. Like I really have a such a high bar, bar for what yeah. quality is. Um but, it, but no, at the at the end of the day, like I still go home, I still play love playing games more than anything Um, and I can honestly say like after all these years after 17 plus years and how many studios and how many games it still is making uh making games is still a dream job and this is still a dream job awesome well uh, thank you so much for your time I think
0: it was a wonderful interview and I think we're
1: kind of done yeah no that was (laughs) I would like to kind of keep chatting on
3: Thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80-Level Roundtable Podcast. Check out upcoming episodes on the 80-Level website at 80.lv.
0: Join our career site at 80.lv RFP. And share our podcast with friends and on your social networks.